Maldives' new president-elect says he wants to end the presence of Indian troops in the islands. Is the election an upset for New Delhi and what is expected in the next few months in ties with the Indian Ocean neighbour? Hello and welcome to Worldview at The Hindu with me, Sohasini Heather. Up ahead, we'll tell you a bit about the history of ties as well as India's role in the Indian Ocean region. We'll also speak to one of Maldives' most prominent presidents, Mohammad Nasheed, of course known for being outspoken. But first, results of last week's presidential runoff for the second round of elections came in in favour of the challenger candidate, Dr. Mohammad Muizu. He represented the PNC-PPM coalition and defeated the incumbent president, Ibu Sole of the MDP, the Maldivian Democratic Party, with a convincing 8 percentage point lead. Of the total 2.4 lakh valid votes that were counted, Muizu won nearly 1.3 uh, lakhs or what is 54% of the vote to Soli's 1.1 lakhs. Now, Dr. Muizu, formerly the mayor of capital city Mali, is an engineer by training, he's a PhD and was a housing minister in the former government headed by President uh, Abdullah Yamin and we'll tell you a bit more about that. Remember the first round that was held in early September that had seen a smaller vote difference between the first and second candidate. It was a kind of a round where all the rivals were taken out. Only the top two went into the second round. But the third candidate was someone called Ilyas Labib of the Democrats party. Now this was led by Mohammed Nasheed who had recently broken away from the MDP. And this candidate won about 7% of the vote which means he could have meant a different outcome if the ruling party had remained united. Now, the opposition PPM, led by Yamin, who is now in jail, had started an India Out campaign, calling for the removal of Indian military projects and other initiatives in the Maldives archipelago. While Muizu wasn't as overtly anti-India as the party, the PPM, that he represented in the coalition, he certainly made sovereignty a campaign plank. Now, Yamin's government had seen had been seen as pro-China in its time, had in 2017 signed an FTA with China, which had upset many in India. In 2018, it finalized the scrapping of the GMR project for Mali Airport. The MEA at that time, the Ministry of External Affairs, had called it a negative sign. Of course, the GMR project had begun to be scrapped many years before, but it was Yamin's government that finalized. In contrast, Sony's government had been seen as pro-India, as President Soli openly projected an India-first policy. He signed many agreements with India, including a major one called UTP, the Uttaru Tilafalu project. It's a Coast Guard Harbour project there. Uh, that was seen as a cover by the opposition. They called it a cover for more permanent Indian military presence in the Maldives. As a result, the election was really seen as a tussle between India first versus India out campaigns. And as an extension, an India versus China election. Now, speaking at a rally after his victory, President-elect Muizu confirmed what many uh, in New Delhi had feared, that he would ask Indian military troops stationed in southern atolls called Lamu and Addu to leave. A day later, he met with the Indian ambassador to Mali, who handed over a letter of congratulations from Prime Minister Modi. So when I asked about Muizu's declaration at that rally, about the Indian personnel moving out, Here's what the Ministry of External Affairs spokesperson said this week, keeping it quite careful. The focus of our partnership with Maldives has always been on capacity building and working together to address our shared um, challenges and priorities um, you know, 
including security challenges and priorities. As neighbors, we need to collaborate closely to address these challenges confronting our region, such as transnational crimes, as well as HADR, humanitarian assistance, disaster relief situations. Uh, we look forward to engaging with the new administration in Maldives on all these issues. A quick word now down memory lane to India's history with the Maldives. Since the Maldives' independence from the British in 1965, India has held very close ties with the islands. They're situated, remember, just about 800 kilometers from Kochi. In 1978, uh, President Mamun Abdul Gayoom took charge. He made many visits to India. He strengthened ties with each Indian government that followed. In 1988, in fact, India sent its troops and ships to help Gayoom overthrow a coup attempt uh, that was carried out by the Mal uh, Maldives businessman and uh, who was supported by some Sri Lankan Tamil fighters of the PLOT, PLOTE organization. In 2008, after a sustained campaign for human rights and democracy there, Mohamed Nasheed was elected president. He had been imprisoned for years. He was tortured there in the 1990s. He founded the MDP, the Maldivian Democratic Party, which he has now left. During his tenure, India began closer security cooperation, gifting or loaning two helicopters, Dornier aircraft to the Maldives, along with patrol boats for maritime reconnaissance, surveillance and coast guard security operations. So very close ties at the time. In 2012, however, Nasheed stepped down after an uprising in his security forces over his decision uh, to order action against a judge. Some uh, accused him of trying to kidnap the judge as well. Many forget that the problems with the judge actually had begun over India uh, when during the SARC summit there in 2009 that was held in Adu in the Ghan Island, uh, statues that were gifted by India were defaced by a group of political Islamist activists. But the judge at the time gave them bail and that put him on collision course with Nasheed. Of course, lots more followed. In 2013, Abdullah Yamin of the opposition PPM was elected to power uh, Yamin sent Nasheeds to prison in 2015. As you can see, I'm quickly going over the history there. The charges were later dropped, but then Nasheed was disqualified from running in the next elections. India had actually played a role, objected to Yamin's actions, uh, including the emergency that he had imposed, called for democracy in the islands, and that led to a major strain in ties. That's when Yamin actually turned China words, signed the FTA with China, invited Chinese companies, in for a number of major investments, including the Hulumale Island housing projects and the Friendship Bridge there. He also threatened to evict Indian pilots and personnel from the islands. Eventually, he did extend their uh, visas, but it was a very bad time in ties. In 2018, as a result, India was visibly re uh, relieved when Yamin lost and Nasheed's long-term friend, Ibu Sole, won the election. At the time, he was seen as a sort of proxy uh, for Nasheed. And Soli proved even friendlier than Nasheed's did. India was invited for many infrastructure projects, including the $500 million Greater Mali Connectivity Project, funded by grants and concessionary loans uh, from India. In 2021, uh, they signed the Uttaru Tilafalu project I told you about, for which construction actually began in May 2023, for India to build and maintain a Coast Guard harbor base. This actually, in the beginning, sparked the India Out campaign. So will the pendulum now swing back against India? With me is former president of the Maldives, Mohammed Nasheed. President Nasheed, with Muizu's win and these comments we've heard this week, will the pendulum swing back uh, as India fears against it? I have a feeling and a view that 
the international media has characterized uh, our election um, as between India and China, and also has characterized Dr. Boise as pro-China. Uh, I don't think all this was exactly uh, true or, or that kind of relevant during the elections. Yes, uh, there was always questions about that. Uh, there was always questions about uh, foreign involvement in the Maldives and how we would conduct our foreign policy and so on. But these issues were not uh, the main election issues. Uh, Dr. Moise, especially when they went towards the election period, uh, the India, uh, uh, the, the campaign against Indian military uh, presence here, uh, or so-called Indian military presence here, it has subsided, and that really wasn't the main uh, uh, campaign point. Now, your question of, of what would Dr. Moise do? I, my feeling is that he will continue with our foreign policy, he will continue with his engagement, with the Maldives engagement with the international community. And it, 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 my understanding is that he would know that India is our neighbor, uh, our longest, you know, our relations, uh, the, the relations that we have with India go back many, many, many hundreds of years. Uh, and I can't see much changing because there was a change in government. Uh, one of the things that I've tried to do during the last five years is to see that the Maldives is not so polarized, uh, that every election is not a swing, uh, so that we have a more stable, sustainable uh, policies, uh, be that foreign or home. So I, I don't think uh, that uh, viewing the election as a loss to India is actually correct. All right. Uh, even so, Mr. Nasheed, here in Delhi, some do see you as a sort of spoiler because your party, the Democratic Party, uh, did uh, its uh, its candidate did win about seven percent. Given that kind of figure, if you had stayed within the NDP, the sense is that uh, you may have actually been able to keep President Soli in power, and of course, he is seen as very friendly to India. Do you think? Uh, you could have tipped the election the other way, and do you have any regrets? No, sir. No, no, no. I had been telling everyone uh, as as long as uh, 2020 that President Soliv will not be able to win a second candidate, a second term. You know, incumbency problems are huge in the Maldives, especially that you know 2008 was the first time we had multi-party elections, and why we we amended the constitution and came into this new multi-party democracy was because we did not want people in government for long, long periods of time. Uh, you will remember that President Gayoum had been in government for 30 years. And that is primarily why uh, we, we came up with the new constitution. So I, I, I think to view, to think, to assume uh, that a, a candidate, a, a president, can get a second term in the Maldives in the near future would be wrong. That would be wishful thinking. Strategies based on wishful thinking do not lead us to uh, very promising outcomes. In addition, you did speak about the fact that no government in the Maldives is going to uh, you know, change its foreign policy to an extent. But it's not just about infrastructure initiatives in the Maldives. It is the security 
uh, relationship between Mali and Delhi now. Uh, Dr. Muizu said that the people are against foreign troops. Now, that doesn't just refer to some of the projects you had initiated when helicopters and Dorniers were sent on there. Some personnel were kept uh, for them in islands like Lamu and Adu. Mm -hmm. uh, but it also is about the Uttaru uh, Tilafa. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about this um, uh, boatyard, the naval facility. Now, I have documents because I have been a president. I've seen documents that goes as far back as President Kayu on the Uturu Telefaro facility. Right? We have these Coast Guard boats and we have to maintain the thing. And we every time we are taking them to Colombo for docking and, and maintenance. And this has been going on for the last 25 years. And every time we have to do this, Everyone agrees that we have to have a facility here. And everyone agrees that we have to talk to India and we have to uh, uh, join up with India and then establish the facility. So finally, during my presidency and then later uh, during President Yamin's presidency, with Colonel Nazim as the defense minister, signed the framework agreement. And then very fortunate, we came into government and uh, uh, the defense minister in, in President Solin's government was able to finally sign the agreement. I can't see why Dr. Moise would want to do anything with this agreement. It's very clear. There's nothing wrong with it. There's right. nothing absolutely wrong. The only, the only problem was that we wanted to make it a secret. I cannot understand why we wanted to. I, I, I begged everyone. Look, we had a huge majority in the parliament. And this is just a normal piece of agreement. It benefits both countries. It benefits the Maldives hugely. We could have brought it to the parliament, and I am sure MPs would have seen what it is, what it what it is. But no, we thought the best would be to make it a secret All and right. confident. And um, we didn't know anything about it. So transparency would have made a big difference. It would have made a big difference. We, we could have gone out and battered for it. And there would have been many who, who would do that. In, we, uh, we know how, how, how sensitive our security and safety is. I mean, people know that uh, a terrorist organization from anywhere, uh, a few hundred people, can come and really disturb the Mongols. There's nothing better than having closer uh, defense cooperation with India. And certainly you've been uh, the victim of a, a, a bomb blast uh, as well. Now, in, in 2018, uh, Prime Minister Narendra Modi actually attended the swearing-in ceremony of President Soli. It was seen as unprecedented uh, at the time, really. What do you think will happen this time uh, with, at the swearing-in expected on November 17th? And if I could ask, this is now the opposition to your party that has come to power, but are you considering joining the government? Well, uh, first, uh, just last night, uh, the transition office told me that they would very much like to invite the Indian Prime Minister to the new president's inauguration. Um, so it's Friday today, it's another day, but I will go to the parliament in the afternoon and send a letter to the dear Prime Minister. And I, I hope that the Prime Minister would visit um, uh, 
the Maldives will go on, the India will go on, and our relationship will continue. And now, would I join the government? Uh, uh, there is an understanding that uh, the Democrats will have uh, some uh, involvement, will have an involvement in the government. So they would have stakes in the government. And I believe there will be someone from them in the cabinet as well. So uh, hopefully we will stabilize the Maldives. This will not hopefully be a, a polarized country uh, and people will continue to enjoy the freedoms that they have. Remember, the Maldives is a key element in India's IOR strategy, Indian Ocean Region strategy that includes working on placing naval and air force personnel, equipment, human, assist, human assistance and disaster relief operations or what's called HADR, countering surveillance, military operations by China, uh, keeping the Indian Ocean region sea lanes secure and open from threats like privacy as well. Uh, so these are all India's uh, real tasks in the region. Uh, also working with Indo-Pacific partners including US, Japan, Australia, France, UK, EU. Uh, India, remember, has a presence in the Maldives uh, with the personnel in Adu and, uh, and Lamu, as I said. The Coast Guard Harbour base project, which could bring in more personnel. Uh, Sri Lanka, it has patrol boats that they've given and other security and strategic ties. Uh, ports, India runs ports where India can dock in Reunion Island, which is with the French, Madagascar, Oman, UAE. Then there's the Chabahar port in Iran, of course, that India is helping develop. Uh, there are reports of an Indian base in the Seychelles, the Assumption Island, although the government there denies it. Uh, a naval facility in Mauritius's Agalega Islands. Uh, and even the national security advisor there traditionally tends to be an Indian police officer. Uh, there's a string of radar and maritime communication facilities that India runs in Seychelles, Mauritius, Madagascar, even Comoros. Uh, and a number of dialogues that the Indian government runs, including the IORA, the Indian Ocean Region uh, Association Conference, which is likely to happen in Sri Lanka soon, and, and the Maldives will participate there the ION and the India-Sri Lanka-Maldives trilateral, what's called the Colombo Security Dialogue between them. So what's worldview's take on what's happened there when it comes to the domestic policy of India's closest neighbors, given both geography and history, it is always a mistake to play favorites. While the electoral win of Dr. Marizu may not have been the desired outcome for the Modi government, it is necessary to see that being too close or seen as too close to the Soli government may have had a role in the pushback against him. India must not deal with its neighbors while nervously looking over its shoulder for China. It must show more confidence in traditional ties and the avoidance of a zero-sum mindset necessary to build its strategic future in the Indian Ocean region. Let's quickly get you some reading recommendations as well. There's one which I really enjoyed reading. It's a quick read called Descent into Paradise, a journalist memoir of the untold Maldives by Daniel Bosley. Uh, there's Great Game East. I've spoken about it before. India, China and the struggle for Asia's most volatile uh, frontiers. This is by Bertil Lindner. And by the frontier, he means the oceanic one. Monsoon, the Indian Ocean and the Future of American Power by Robert D. Kaplan, who's also written Revenge of Geography. This book is really worth reading. The Maldives, Islamic Republic, Tropic, uh, Tropical Autocracy by J.J. Robinson, John J. Robinson, about that specific period from uh, the 2010 to 2015. China in the Indian Ocean Region, India's Security Challenges is an academic book by Siddha Gaud. 
and comprehensive maritime security in the Indian Ocean region, challenges and opportunities by Sitara Fernando, a Sri Lankan author. Uh, and finally, there's a paper by the Carnegie Endowment, uh, which, uh, I, which I really enjoyed reading and I think you would like. Uh, it's called Mapping the Indian Ocean Region by Darshana M. Barua and some other writers. It's available online and you can just download it. So that's all we have time for here on Worldview this week. But do keep joining us. Do like, do subscribe to the Hindus YouTube channel and go to our website www.thehindu.com. From the team here, until the next time, thanks for watching.